Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Esther and Turnaround Joy and is based on my book, Esther for Such a Time as This, Prayer, Reversals, and Joy. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Why not invite a friend or small group to join you in listening? Then meet over coffee every week to go through a chapter and grow in joy together. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello. Welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to my third series called Esther and Turnaround Joy. We are in Episode 8 called Reversals Begin. God loves reversals. If you need a reversal in a situation or relationship, let Esther encourage you. Today in our podcast, we encounter three turnarounds in one chapter in the book of Esther. This is God's providence bringing dramatic changes in circumstances in response to the prayers of His people. Be assured, it can happen again, and it can happen in your life too. In our last episode, from Esther 6, we read that King Ahasuerus could not sleep, so he read his chronicles and discovered that Mordecai's service, which had saved his life, had never been rewarded. Just then, Haman, who had a great desire for wealth and power, arrived at court. When the king asked Haman what could be done to the man whom the king delights to honor, Haman knew exactly what to say. He said that the honored person should get to wear the king's clothes and ride the king's horse and have an announcement made about him throughout the streets. Of course, Haman thought it would happen to him, and he would be the one the king wanted to honor. Haman hated Mordecai, so nothing was more humbling than when the king told him to do those very things to Mordecai. It was a peripety, a reversal of circumstances, or turnaround in intentions that was written in heaven. Haman, once honored as second in power to the king, was now humiliated. And Mordecai, in sackcloth and ashes, was exalted in the king's attire. When Haman told his friends and wife Surish about the Mordecai incident, They warned him, if Mordecai before whom you have begun to fall is of the Jewish people, you will not prevail against him, but will surely fall before him. Just as they spoke, the king's servants arrived to whisk Haman to the second banquet prepared by Esther. So let's start reading Esther 7, verses 1 through 8. So the king and Haman went into the feast with Queen Esther. On the second day, as they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request, even to half the kingdom, it shall be fulfilled? Then Esther answered, If I have won your favor, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me. That is my petition, the lives of my people, that is my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. If we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have held my peace. But no enemy can compensate for this damage to the king. Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he and where is he? Who has presumed to do this? Esther said, A foe, an enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king rose from the feast in wrath and went into the palace garden. 
but Haman stayed to beg his life from Queen Esther, for he saw the king had determined to destroy him. When the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman had thrown himself on the couch where Esther was reclining, and the king said, Will he even assault the queen in my presence in my own house? As the words left the mouth of the king, they covered Haman's face. Today, at the second feast, we read the sweet words of Esther served up for the king. When Haman planned the annihilation of the Jews and later stroked his pride at Queen Esther's dinner invitations, he had no idea that Queen Esther was a Jew. Esther had prayed, fasted, and repented, and in discernment she knew how to proceed. She knew when it was not the time to speak and when it was the time to speak her request to the king. She had to proceed gently in making her request so she did not bring any accusations against the king. When she explained her request, she used the exact words from the edict so the king knew he was hearing the truth. She added that if her people would only be enslaved, she could bear the suffering, but destruction could not be borne by her people. In Persian culture, as well as in many Eastern cultures at this time, diners ate at a table while reclining on a couch. And men were forbidden to come within seven steps of a woman who was in the king's charge or harem. So we read that those who ate with the king reclined on their couches. But after the king left the room in wrath and Haman came close to Esther's couch to beg for mercy, he'd overstepped his bounds by seven feet. To the king, he was assaulting Esther. And this gave the king even more reason to seal his fate. So he had a face cloth put on Haman. This too was not unusual, as at this time of cloth was often put over an enemy of the king, so he would not have to look upon the one he condemned. Let's keep reading Esther 7, 9 through 8, 2. Then Harbana, one of the eunuchs in attendance to the king, said, Look, the very gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose words saved the king, stands at Haman's house 50 cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the anger of the king abated. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave to Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was to her. Then the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. So Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Wow, what a turnaround. Quickly, the eunuchs covered Haman's face so the king would not have to look at his condemned expression. Harbona, one of the king's chief consultants, appeared to know of Haman's hatred for the Jews and of the gallows he built in his backyard to execute Mordecai. So he swiftly suggested that Haman be hung on his own gallows. Oh, how the Lord loves reversals. His divine providence reversed three evil events in Esther chapter 7 that we've covered today. Number one, the gallows built in Haman's backyard to hang Mordecai was used and said to hang Haman, who always wanted to be above others, and so he was. The king's signet ring, indicating a second in charge, once given to Haman, was removed and given to Mordecai. And Haman's decree to plunder all the property of the Jews was transposed and the king gave Haman's property to Queen Esther. This too was not unusual as ancient historians Josephus and Herodotus verify that the property of a traitor was often given to the king. 
we found that what the study of literature calls peripety, an event that suddenly brings a reversal of fortune or dramatic change in circumstances or actions, is what Christians call miracles. Thanks be to God. When God intervenes, miracles keep coming. Oh, I can't wait what's coming up in the chapters ahead. So it's time for us to end our journey for today with a bit of reflection. The Bible is filled with application for our lives. It's even from the Old Testament. Romans 15.4 reminds us of this. Whatever was written in former times was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Do you need a reversal? Let Esther give you hope. So which principle from Esther caught your attention, or do you hope to remember? How about one, God can reverse evils around us. Two, gentle leadership with prayer and God's discernment accomplishes much. Three, teachers of drama or literature call it a peripety, a reversal, but Christians call it a miracle. So what miracle or turnaround do you need today? How will you pray for the turnaround based on what you observe from Esther and Mordecai's prayers? I encourage you to read Psalm 37, 1-5, and notice all the do-not-fret phrases, but instead trust-in-the-Lord phrases. Here's Psalm 37, 1-5. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. Beautiful words to keep in mind and to remember. Don't fret. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Take delight in the Lord, and He will meet you. He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to Him, and He will act. As we've come to the end of our podcast for today, I want you to know I'm so blessed that you have joined our Esther and Turnaround Joy podcast today. You can find bookmarks for this series on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, or in my book, Esther for Such a Time as This, Prayer, Reversals, and Joy. Until next week, please know that I am praying for you to have a joy-filled week and that God bring turnarounds to your worst circumstances. Look for the little reversals or turnarounds first and thank God for them. Esther shows us that surely more will follow, and the Lord can again bring laughter and joy to your life. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfenjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. <music>